This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Fuzzball. I'm about to do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Here goes the last DJ. Wash my hands of this weirdness. and welcome to another brand new episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It's Tuesday, December 15th. We're your daily dose of laughs and levity in a crazy, crazy world. Joined by me, no, joining with me is my co-host, Mr. Tony Sanfilippo. Tony, I gotta say that is a snazzy looking Nevada Wolfpack windbreaker that you're rocking there. Yeah, that is good, man. This uh, really uh, badass friend of mine from Nevada got it uh, for Christmas and uh, decided to rock it early today. So uh, thanks, Mr. Phoenix. You're very welcome. It is, uh, it is nice. I should have thrown on a uh, hat to boot with it, but I, you know, today still got <laughs> just uh, just normal hair. So yeah, yeah. Luckily, no bed head. You know. Uh, I know that uh, we sort of switched roles this morning where yesterday I was just dead tired throughout the show and you were up and awake and alive and now I'm feeling mm-hmm. good. You're a little bit on the tired side, but uh, you know what? Oh, yeah. We'll it's still have fun. role reversal, man. Yeah. Exactly. That's all right. You know, it, it typically, you know, days where I work late, it's uh, seemingly uh the first like few segments i'm a little slower then it perks up right (laughs) exactly well let's go ahead and kick things off the way we do each and every day with a question for my co-host tony have you ever named any of your cars for instance my mitsubishi is named mitzi mitzi yeah my uh blue ford uh escape is uh skywalker the one before that was kylo because it was red and black so it was Kylo Ren, and then my Tacoma was uh, Falcon after the Millennium Falcon. So, last three have all been Star Wars related. So. I was going to say, I sense a theme. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then before that, I don't know if I named any of the others, but uh, those three have been named. Yeah, the only other one I named was my blue Kia Optima, which was named Blue. Like, you're my boy, yeah. Blue. Hey, my boy Blue. That's a great <laughs> car, too. That was a fun car. Well, all that goes to say that the Scottish government operates a website that shows the, the live location of its road salt spreading snowplow trucks, which may not sound particularly exciting, but each has been given a humorous name. The website has been in operation since 2016, but recently gained global attention after a report in the Herald. According to the BBC, the nickname convention began in 2006 when school children were asking uh, were asked to make suggestions. Here's just a rundown of some of the names. There's so many in there that uh, um, I can't get to them all. But, uh, you know, you've got Blizzard Bear, Chili Connolly, Ooh. Darth Spreader, 
David Plowy, Gangsta Granny Gritter, Grit Expectations, Gritalica, Gritney Spears. Oh, I like that one. I, I do too. <laughs> gritty Gritty Bang Bang, uh, I- yeah. Ice Destroyer, License to Chill, Luke Sny- uh, Snow Walker, of course, Mr. Plow. You can't have a plow that's not named Mr. Plow. That name right? again is Mr. Plow. <laughs> uh, Ready, Spready, Go, uh, Sandy the Solway Salter, um, Sir Grits a Lot, Slippy McGritty, Snow Destroyer, Snow Trooper, Snoky Mongo, Snow Begone Kenobi, Sprinkle Bell. That's a good one. Uh, the Sprinkle Bell. <laughs> the Snowbuster. Um, and True Gritter. And, of course, there's a whole bunch of them that uh, I'll post onto our Facebook page if you want to see the full list of names that uh, were assigned to these snowplows. But um, I'm sh- I'm surprised there wasn't, like, a Snowy McSnowface or Gritty McGritface or, you know, anything along those lines, considering that's what most people want to name things. Bodie McBoatface. Yeah. yeah, no, I thought those were some good ones. <laughs> which, which lift are you taking out today? Gritty Gritty Bang Bang. Uh-huh. Well, I missed Han Snow Low. Oh, there you go. A lot of good puns in there. Yeah, and you can tell that they're also Star Wars fans like you, and then uh, music yeah. fans too. There were some good uh, music references in there Rick as well. Talica, I like that one. Yeah. <laughs> so I uh, figured that'd be a fun way to start off the show today. Uh, no death, no destruction, no. Uh, you know, this was. I was a... waiting to put on a hypothetical hat. No, nope. you no, know? no. Nope. Nope. Figured uh, we'd go on the brighter side this morning. But in any case, you know, we have a wonderful show lined up for you today, folks. It is Tuesday. Let's talk about today's show, shall we? It is Taco Tuesday! It is Taco Tuesday, and as we do on Tuesdays, we have Animal Tales, sponsored by RoughRiders.org. We have a segment called Loopholes. Our call-in topic today is how it should have ended. We were talking uh, the worst TV series finales. Well, how would you have changed it? How would you have made it better? We have a segment called Whatever Happened to the Cast of... Well, you'll have to stay tuned to find out who we're talking about. We round out the day with this day in history. And up next, Tony is here with the entertainment news. Folks, don't go anywhere. We'll be back in just a couple minutes. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. Now we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Tuesday, December 15th. Now we have a little thing called the Phoenix Line. It is a 24-hour day, seven-day-a-week voicemail line giving you guys, the listeners and watchers, an opportunity to chime in on anything whatsoever. Maybe you named your car a, a fun, festive uh, sort of name or something that uh, you know is pop culture like Tony did with Star Wars. Well, we want to hear about it. Give us a call at the Phoenix Line on 855-F-E-N-I-X-R or 855-336-4973. All we ask is that you keep it entertaining. We'll compile those together, put them out in a future show. Now it is the second segment of this show, and that means Tony is here with the entertainment news. Good morning, everybody. It is Tuesday, December 15th. Here's your Filippo Fast Five. 
Marvel's Hellstrom has been uh, sorry, Hellstrom has been canceled by Hulu after one season. Got to say, I'm not very familiar with that one. You? Uh, I've seen the previews. It looks interesting, but I don't think it's a big enough name to really grab people. Yeah, well, you ain't gonna grab anyone because it's gone. Yep. Rachel Lee Cook uh, joins She's All That Gender Swapping Remake, but not as Lainey Boggs. So it's called He's All That. Oh. Yeah, she does not look like she's aged either. She looks exactly like she did in the 90s. No kidding. Wow. Still still a very pretty lady. Uh, Jeff Bridges debuts a shaved head. New puppy amid lymphoma cancer battle. He's feeling good. Well, that's good. Good. Um, him rocking a uh, shaved head is really uh, nothing new. We saw that in Iron Man. Yep. But in real life with a battle, having the uh, bald head is, uh, you know, I'm glad he's feeling good and he's got a dog to keep him happy along the way. <laughs> uh, the Office uh, streaming surprise, it, it left Netflix this last month and is now debuted on the Peacock. Um, but unfortunately, you can only watch seasons one and two. If you want to watch seasons three through nine, you're going to have to pay the cheddar. You have to pay for it. It's kind of weird. If, like, because it's a free stream. I think it's a free streaming. I don't know. I think they there, call- there's a, a basic and a premium. So you got to pay for whatever the premium one is. Yeah, they call it freemium. So they give you the first taste for free. But if you want more, you got to pay. You got to pay. It. Yeah. So if you're a fan of The Office, there you go. You're probably better off just waiting for a deal on Voodoo and buy the entire series for like 30 bucks. So. Probably better way to go. Uh, and then lastly, the uh, Nintendo Online, Nintendo Switch Online, hasn't updated their video game section in a long time. I think since September. Well, December 18th, so on Friday, you can get the following games. Super Nintendo's Online, you'll get Donkey Kong Country 3, uh, The Ignition Factor, Super Valis 4, and Tough Enough. If you want a Nintendo game, you can get Nightshade. Donkey Kong Country 3 is the only one I've really uh, remember playing. So. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but, but there you go. There's your Filippo Fast Five. Let's roll on to the entertainment, shall we? We shall. <clears throat> uh, you might want to get your fatality button ready. Oh, I've always got it ready. Okay. So you got uh, Mortal Kombat... Tom and Jerry movies get new 2021 release dates. Toasty! Warner Brothers... There you go. I was like, (laughs) that one works perfect too. Warner Brothers has announced new release dates for Mortal Kombat and Tom and Jerry. Mortal Kombat will open Wednesday, April 16th, 2021 in theaters and in the U.S. only and on HBO Max the same day. I guess it's in the U.S. only on HBO Max that day. Warner Brothers also released a brand new poster and logo for the movie on a on a Monday press release. Tom and Jerry moves up a week to February 26th. It's likely a response to Disney's news this past week that their animated 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 wow, today <laughs> animated makes animated movie Raya and the Last Dragon is set for March 5th. Tom and Jerry is uh, not looking to have that fight, so they moved up a week earlier. Um, uh, with Warner Brothers announcing its entire 2021 movie slate uh, where movies will debut in theaters in HBO Max um, in the week since Christopher Nolan and Dennis Villeneuve. Oh, I can't say that name. Sorry. Villeneuve. So, <laughs> there you go. 
what you said, have publicly criticized the movie in their own separate statements. Uh, the move. Uh, yeah, so the whole thing here is they're obviously, as directors and artists, they're upset. It's going, they feel this is going to hurt the cinema, but uh, it's not what this article is about. I don't know why they really jammed that in there. The point of it was to tell you Mortal Kombat and Tom and Jerry are coming. That was the whole point. All right. Yeah. Tom and Jerry I'm looks not, I'm not, terrible. I'm but... not going to go in, into their character or uh, into their bitching and griping. Exactly. So. And they have legit bitch and gripes. It's fine, but. Yeah, I don't disagree with them. Yeah, but I was going to say, Tom and Jerry just looks awful. Mortal Kombat, we haven't seen any footage yet, so uh, couldn't even comment on it. No, just the logo. The logo looks cool. It's a little more modern version of the classic logo. Well, we know it's going to be rated R and include fatalities, so... uh, Yeah. Fatalities. Should be, fingers crossed, it'll be good. I mean, story-wise, it can't be great, but... uh, Action-wise, it could be really good. You never know. Yeah, Tom and Jerry looks terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the kids kids might like it. I don't know. Tom and Jerry in a live-action setting? Mm. It just sound, It just seems goofy. So, um, what big actress is in that movie? Uh, Chloe Grace guy? Moretz. Okay, that's right. Hit girl. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, so uh, still speaking of HBO Max and theaters, Wonder Woman 1984 will have a post-credit scene when it releases uh, in theaters and HBO Max in just a few weeks. The DC Comics movie screened for members of the press earlier in December, but the advanced copies and screening of the film did not include the post-credit scenes. This has now been confirmed by Wonder Woman 1984 director and Rogue Squadron director Patty Jenkins, who started doing rounds of press to promote the film's release. Wonder Woman 1984 decided to hold its post-credit scene teaser, an additional scene which could tease the future of its characters for others in the DC movie world. Um, So, yeah, you know, so... One of the great joys of comic book movies we got accustomed to was staying uh, post-credits and seeing what was next. And uh, looks like you'll be getting the same thing here with Wonder Woman. So that should be a good thing. Yeah, and the DC movies never really did that except for, uh, was it Batman versus Superman, where we got that little tease of Joe Manganiello's uh, Deathstroke. But other than that, yeah. uh, they really didn't do it. It was real, more of a Marvel thing. Yeah. Well, they're going to be doing that, so uh, stay tuned for the end credits, everybody. Um, Speaking of movies as well, uh, Star Wars, uh, with the announcements of Taika Waititi's uh, upcoming Star Wars movies, and notice there was zero mention of of, uh, Ryan Johnson's trilogy. It was like, I don't (laughs) think that's happening. Probably not. I think that's been swept the far wayside. But anyways, uh, for Taika Waititi, everybody's jumping on board. They're excited. Um, so once uh, once they announced his uh, movies, uh, Twitter went crazy with celebrities. Uh, um, Mark Ruffalo and Jason Momoa both put, I'm available, and Momoa added, F yes, count me in. While there was numerous of characters, um, like Josh Brolin, uh, good old Thanos, like count him in full support so it's getting a lot of people that are just stoked for this so uh bryce dallas howard commented great pick legendary um just all kinds of good support for uh taika to to take the uh realm and 
to take the helm of the next Star Wars trilogy. So yeah, no, that I mean, should be a uh, good thing. I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, he's got just that a great visual style, a wonderful sense of humor, a great storyteller, and uh, I have no doubt that we'll see the inclusion of him as some sort of character in there. Hey, maybe IG-11 is coming back. Who knows? Yeah, that would be awesome. I mean, the ones he's directed for Mandalorian have been really great, too. Yeah. So uh, should be a, a good thing. Um, as we get back into, you know, the actors start getting back into their projects that were shut down this following year. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 will, is set to start doing production meetings and everything. Uh, Dave Bautista, who plays Drax the Destroyer in the hit Marvel franchise, told Entertainment Weekly that there's been some shifting in the long-awaited sequel storyline since writer-director James Gunn wrote his original draft. I believe it's okay to say that we will go into production early next year. Batista says, I saw a script on, I saw a script early when we were all on schedule and James Gunn was attached before everything went nuts. So I believe because Marvel's calendar has changed, um, the storylines that some of the storylines have had to change. They won't intersect like originally planned. Um, obviously we lost Chadwick, so I don't know where that leaves black Panther. I haven't seen a new script in the short answer gun announced. So, um, <clears throat> Looks like uh, Guardians is not set to release until 2022. Is it no production? Yeah, it's supposed to be released February 11th, 2022. Uh, Star Lord is expected to show up in Love and Thunder before that as well. So, mm-hmm. um, actually, sorry, I apologize. Thor: Love and Thunder is February 11th, 22, because uh, uh, Guardians is more holidays of 2022. Or is it 2023? It doesn't say. It's it's out there for a while. So, well, Either way, we've got to wait for a little bit. Yeah. No. So it's a little early to comment, but uh, kind of a teaser there. It looks like uh, Black Panther was going to be included some way, but uh, not so much now. Yeah, but yeah. maybe a nice reference or something. Yeah. Well, they might All still right. include Black Panther, but the new version of Black Panther. This is true. Um, talking about some video game news here, Xbox Cloud Gaming is coming to iOS and PC in 2021. Xbox Today revealed that Cloud Gaming is coming to both uh, Apple and Windows um, as a part of Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. The service previously referred to Project xCloud, while in preview is lumped into a larger subscription service and has has notably already been available on Android devices. Starting next year, that is set to seriously expand. In spring 2021, we will take our next step into our journey to reach more players around the world by making cloud gaming a part of Xbox Game Pass Ultimate throughout the mobile web browser. By adding over a billion devices as a path to playing in the Xbox ecosystem, we envision a seamless experience for all types of players. Whether it's playing Minecraft Dungeons with your Xbox friends, using touch controls on your iPhone, or jumping into Destiny 2 Beyond Light on a Surface Pro when you have a break in between meetings. So basically, this is uh, is their answer to the Nintendo Switch's, uh, you know, take it on the go. So yeah. um doesn't say what games would be available because I know the Xbox uh, Game Pass uh, mobile is a little limited to what you can play on the console, so... Yeah, it'll be interesting either way. I'm still a little surprised that these uh, next-gen systems, they were supposed to get rid of those extremely long loading times when you got a new game. I don't think they've, mm-hmm. they've necessarily done that. 
No, I don't know. I haven't played a PS5 or an Xbox One Series X, which if you're lucky enough today, Best Buy apparently has them. So good luck to you if, if you're on a chasing hunt for that. Um, but that is that. Uh, should be fun, and uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, luckily, we have two short birthdays today. This is why I stretched out entertainment. This is not <laughs> a lot of birthdays, but let's roll with the two birthday boys. It's my Oh yeah, it was about 5,000 birthdays for YouTubers and about two for recognizable stars. <laughs> right. Here we go with the bad puns. This blind man see this blind man may see spiders in the courtroom, but don't dare him to unleash his inner devil. Mr. Charlie Cox, aka Daredevil, he's 37. This former Miami heartthrob from the 80s was a regular Don Juan busting bad guys with his fellow partner but it's just acting that was his vice mr don johnson is 70 <laughs> the miami vice there that's there all go. happy birthday you two wild animals and uh, that's it for entertainment for december 15th oh and a shout out to my nephew cullen it is his 15th birthday today and my buddy and listener brett farmer it is his I think 25th birthday today. So happy birthday, fellas. Very cool. Happy birthday, guys. That does do it for the entertainment news. When we come back, it's Animal Tales, sponsored by RoughRiders.org. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back after these messages. After these messages, we'll be right back. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Tuesday, December 15th. Now, we are all over social media with many of you watching us right now as we speak on Facebook Live or YouTube Live. Now, if you want to get a hold of me on social, I'm available at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. That's Christian with a K, Phoenix with an F, radio, of course, with an R, or on Instagram and Twitter at Phoenix Media Radio. Tony is available at facebook.com forward slash Tony.sanfilippo. That's S-A-N-F-I-L-I-P-P-O dot nine four or on Instagram at Tony.sanfilippo81. Now it is Tuesday, as we do on Tuesdays. We've got Animal Tales sponsored by RoughRiders.org. Now, Rough Riders is a local 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to the transport of dogs from kill shelters out in the rural areas in bringing them into the metro area, working with local shelters and local rescues to find them homes and give them a second chance at life. For more information on Rough Riders, head over to RoughRiders.org or Facebook.com forward slash RoughRidersSaves. Now, without further ado, let's head on into those animal tales. Dogs and the cats, they take up the middle where the honeybee hums and the cricket fiddles, the donkey prays and the pony neighs, the old great badger sighs. Listen to the bass, it's a one on the bottom where the bullfrog croaks and the hippopotamus moans and groans with the big to-do and the old cow just goes moo. I feel like I need just a jug, just a bump, bump, bump. Never stop in the middle of a hoedown. I know, right? All right, let's kick off the animal tales. <laughs> Stories like this always warm my heart. A whiff of her old blanket was enough for Lola. The black lab was back in her owner's arms after three years after the Michigan dog disappeared on a trip to suburban Chicago. 
I feel like I'm in a dream right now. Deborah Mahur said Saturday when she and her husband Steve were reunited with Lola at DuPage County Animal Services. Lola vanished from a fenced yard, uh, fenced yard in 2017 when the Mahures of Kalamazoo, Michigan, were visiting a friend in Elk Grove Village. The couple returned for about a month hoping to find a dog that was uh, specially trained to help Deborah in her case of a seizure. The Mahures posted notices, got help from volunteers, and hired a professional pet searcher. No luck. DuPage County authorities got a call last week from a couple in Glendale Heights who had noticed Lola the past few years going into a forest preserve. They had been leaving food for the dog and earned her trust. A microchip revealed Lola's owners. I still had an ounce of hope, I guess, but the majority of me was thinking she had already crossed the Rainbow Bridge. I was just completely stunned, Deborah said. Lola wagged her tail. Uh, when she smelled her old blanket. Of course, no one knows how the dog survived for three years. If only she could talk, Deborah said. And uh, I'm going to post these on our Facebook page where you can see them being reunited and just how happy Lola is to uh, see her former owners. But the fact that she lived basically in the wild for three years is amazing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Lola Montez, so beautiful. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, let's move on with our next animal tale <laughs> well while that one was a dream this is the stuff of nightmares workers at an upper manhattan chipotle restaurant say they've been fighting a losing battle against hordes of hungry rats and a management uh. team that let the infestation get so bad that four staffers have been bitten by the massive rodents the besieged Fast casual Mexican joint on Broadway near West 169th Street in Washington Heights closed to customers indefinitely late last month. Thank goodness. But only after rats chewed through the wiring of a computer system that handled orders, uh, according to two employees to the Post. In the meantime, those workers are still going into the store to clean in an effort to keep the vermin at bay. It really started to take a toll on us, said Melvin Paulino, a three-year veteran at the store who was bitten by a rat last Friday while cleaning. We're all scared. It's pretty common that some of my coworkers will just start screaming out of the blue and we don't know what's happening. It's pure chaos every time a rat appears. The location, just one block north of the New York Presbyterian Hospital, is currently listed as having an A health rating from the city. Yeah, that's a little scary, though a Department of Health spokesperson said a rodent complaint was submitted on November 30th and a written letter was issued the next day. The DOH also said an in-person sweep would be conducted Tuesday by both a restaurant inspector and a pest control expert. The rodent invasion began near the end of the summer, the employees said. Avocados would suddenly have small nibbles taken out of them, and workers would find holes in bags of rice where the critters had chewed through the packaging. So uh, if you've been craving, craving Chipotle today, maybe not the best day to go. Uh, uh, that might turn me off from Chipotle altogether. Well, it's not even. Yeah, I, I don't blame you. It would. It's definitely enough to turn you off. But geez, man, that just number one. It's. It, do you get paid enough to work there? I wouldn't. I wouldn't no do way. it, especially if if I got bit by a rat and they didn't fix it, dude. I'd be gone. Oh, I'd totally. Go find another job. But yeah, it is. Uh, you know, it's kind of the uns the the unthinkable things you don't think about with fast food or restaurants. Is you know every place does deal with uh rodents and mice and whatever but that store seemed like it had way too much going on so yeah well not only that and uh, again i'll post this on our facebook page but you should see the size of these rats they're literally the size oh, of a cat i mean they're massive yeah 
when I was in New York and uh, we were in the subway, I swear to God, I saw a master splinter. Like it was a giant, <laughs> it was the biggest rat I've ever seen. So if I saw anything that big, yeah, F no, man, I'm out. <laughs> I don't blame I'm you. Gone. All right. So we went from fun, lighthearted, heartwarming to, yeah, to, to nightmares and you're not hungry anymore. To terrifying back to a little more on the fun side with animal tales. <laughs> A Florida, a Florida woman was shocked by an early morning visitor that had made herself at home in her Christmas tree, a raccoon. Early Thursday morning, about 4.15 a.m., Aubrey Icobelli was woken up by her dog growling. I have a doggy door. My dog sleeps right in front of that door. I hear her going in and out all night. I wake up and hear her barking outside. She asked her Amazon Alexa to turn on the lights and saw her dog was staring at the Christmas tree and barking. I just knew that there was something there that shouldn't have been there. I see a furry body in the Christmas tree, she said. She grabbed a frying pan to try and get the animal, which she thought was a cat, out of her tree. I didn't want to hurt the animal. I just wanted it outside of the house. That's when the raccoon finally came out of the tree and revealed itself. Icabelli and her dog spotted the raccoon on the side of the tree, and the dog jumped towards it, knocking it over. The raccoon ran away from freedom, jumped on my chandelier where it swung there for like 30 minutes, she said. After chasing the raccoon around the house for an hour, it finally went back outside by using the dog door it had used to enter the house earlier. Icabelli says her advice to others in a similar situation is to call animal control and just have a sense of humor about the situation. Uh, and yeah, she probably should have called animal control from the beginning instead of trying to capture it with a frying pan. What were you trying to accomplish yeah, there? Yeah, I, you're not going to catch a, a raccoon with that, you know? No. <laughs> Especially if he's as wily as Rocket, you know? Yeah, um, those, those trash pandas are, are quite wily. Yeah. Hey, who you guns? I am what I ams. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. And I also was picturing Rocket Raccoon in the Christmas tree, a la Gremlins, when the gremlin is hiding in it and attacks uh, Billy's mom, <laughs> Mrs. Peltzer. I, I was actually so I pictured that just with a raccoon, and then the dog in my head was Barney from Gremlins. It was basically the whole Gremlin scene. There you go. In my head, I was picturing National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, where they had the squirrel in the tree and it was attacking <laughs> everybody. But uh, hey, they're just as they're just as wild, dude. Um, another uh, birthday person, uh, my friend Brittany. It's her birthday today. She actually got bit by a squirrel on the way to work one day. The weirdest thing. She said the squirrel chased her. Um, and I didn't find it funny because she got bit. But I was like, squirrels don't chase people. After having my squirrel experience this way, they very much do chase you. And they're very much vindictive little a-holes. <laughs> and with that, we end Animal Tales, sponsored by RoughRiders.org. Folks, when we come back, we have a segment called Loopholes. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. Now back to the show indeed. We have reached the final segment of the first hour of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Tuesday, December 15th, but don't fret. There is still plenty ahead with our second hour, including the interact portion of the show, where today we are covering how it should have ended TV series finales. Uh, basically, uh, you know, what did you dislike in TV series and how would you have changed that? 
Now, all that goes to say that if you missed a portion of this show or want to go back and catch up on any of the previous shows, it is easy enough to do so. Head over to phoenixmedia.us, click on the show's link, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. From there, you can get video, you can get audio as well, or head over to wherever you get podcasts, whether it's Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, about 20 in all. While you're there, be sure to subscribe. That way you always have the latest episode. Leave a review, let us know what you think, and tell your friends because sharing is caring. Now in this segment, which we've titled Loopholes, I want to talk about uh, some loopholes that people have found throughout life that they've certainly taken advantage of. Tony, working for Costco, I know that many people take advantage of the return policy loopholes uh, that you guys have. Uh, just real quick, can you give us an example of maybe one of the crazier uh, return policy loopholes that you've seen? Maybe the uh, washer and dryer from 1980, whatever. Yeah. So uh, I think it was 2007 or no, I think it was 2009 seven or nine somewhere we we adopted the 90-day return policy on electronics like tvs um because it used to be no set time limit. you could bring back tvs and people were upgrading all the time around uh the super bowl or things like that they were just going bigger and better now as you had the big box tvs or the big uh yeah remember those ones where you had to get the light bulb and the that was the uh, oh the yeah big, the big screen TV. It was those totally had the DLPs. One. Yeah, so people were returning those for flat panels. Well, eventually, you know, they they did put a limit on it and said, okay, well, now these are ninety days. Yada yada. Well, the loophole was if they purchased it before that cha- that effect went into cha- you know went into play, well, you could return your TV. So technically, if you buy a TV in two thousand three, you could probably still return it. Um, but you were going to need to do a lot of work to do that because it's not something we could look up anymore. Luckily, they they capped it. We used to be able to go back years because I had seen probably one of the most ridiculous uh, ones I remember at the time seeing was we were on PlayStation 3 at the time. Now we're PlayStation 5. So we were on the PlayStation 3 cycle. And uh, a guy returned his PS1 and it had WCW Nitro, the game. <laughs> and, what, and why that was irrelevant was this was 2008. So at that point, you know, WCW hadn't been a company in like seven years. And again, we're on the PlayStation 3, and they're returning a PlayStation 1. So And they get their um, full money back. They got they it, get, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it was a weird one. It was one of the little PS, you know, when the PS1s went a little smaller. They they weren't so big. They mm-hmm. went to this little small design, uh, but yeah, they uh, returned it and got their uh, three hundred and fifty bucks. I think it was. That's crazy. So, yeah, there's loopholes. It's that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know? So that's what we're looking at. Is we're looking at loopholes that people have taken advantage of, and uh, I think for today we're going to use the uh, Batman nineteen sixty six transition to uh, go between stories. <laughs> All right, so you have this person who said, I used to work at Starbucks like seven years ago, and they used to print these receipts where if you filled out a survey, it would give you a six-digit code, which you could then exchange for a free drink. However, when you gave in the receipt with the code, we would just toss it in the garbage and then give the free drink. So over a shift, I would just keep all the survey receipts when people didn't want them, write random numbers on them, then keep a wallet full of free coffee. Since I already got tons of free drinks, I would give them to homeless people and explain it was good for free coffee. 
probably gave away like a hundred free drinks. Um, and that's in a case where uh, somebody used their loophole, obviously for good uh, to help some uh, homeless folks. But uh, yeah, you know, if, if, if it's there, if it's legal, yeah, why not take advantage of it? Right. Yeah, absolutely. As long <laughs> as you're not breaking any law, a-hole, I think you're all right. Exactly. Let's move on with loopholes. You've got this person who said, I paid $300 a month to park in a really pimped out van. Uh, sorry, to park a really pimped out van in a heated garage in Boston. If you parked front, uh, no one could see you. Found a spot near an electrical outlet and ran a line into the van. Paid for a $10 gym across the street that was open 24 hours, so I had all the hot showers I wanted. Served at a nearby restaurant, so ate most of my meals for free. Watched TV on my laptop with the free Wi-Fi from the coffee shop above me. Literally lived in downtown Boston for $310 a month while I went to college. And again, that is savvy, because I would imagine living in downtown Boston would be super expensive. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the sad thing. Any big me uh, metro area you uh, choose to live in, it's going to cost you a pretty penny. So, yeah, an arm shoot, even living in Reno will cost you an arm and a leg nowadays. And and there's some parts of downtown Reno that are very scary. <laughs> I'm curious how much the pimped out van cost them and if it was airbrushed with dragons or maidens flying on a Pegasus. Yeah, I, I, that's just sort of what I picture being in that garage. So. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. All right, let's move on with loopholes. When I was a kid, there was a payphone down the street that if you put your quarter in, made a call but no one answered, it would give you two quarters back. Went there all the time and called home when I knew no one was there to answer. And of course, you know, you got a 100% return on your investment. So, uh, you know, take advantage of it. Obviously, uh, you know, if it's empty of quarters, then, you know, you just wait till more people make phone calls. Yeah. Uh, Mike, you just texted me, and uh, back in the day when Taco Bell was doing the original Xbox, the big gaudy, um, that one, well, let me make sure it's that Xbox. Yeah. The big old brick. Um, it is, yeah. So it was the big one, and Taco Bell was giving away, win an Xbox, and it could have been the 362, I don't know. But anyways, his buddy worked at Taco Bell, and the, promo, the promotion was getting ready to end, and they were just going to toss these stacks of cards away. They were just gonna chuck him and he gave mike he goes here you can just have him good luck um mike ended up winning an xbox out of the deal no kidding that's so, awesome because as an employee that dude couldn't win anything he couldn't use anything and it was just going in the trash which obviously he probably should just throw it in the trash because <laughs> but that's awesome that he gave it to mike and mike was able to uh, back then get an xbox yeah uh, mike re reaped the reward Exactly. So at least they know, like, like Mike can verify, like those contests. They actually did have something that won him one. So yeah, well, yes, the deals exist. You know, on a quick side tangent, I mean, if you look into the whole uh, McDonald's monopoly game thing, I mean, there was huge money in people gaming that system, and uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's no joke. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely can. There, there was this really heavy set lady that lived on my street growing up, and uh, she won, I think, a hundred k on the McDonald's thing. Nice. Because I was friends with her. I was friends with her uh, kid's uh, mom. So, wait, what? that made no sense. I was uh, friends with that lady's kid. There you go. Like my brain did not tie that together. Yeah, that's how I knew. And uh, Mike confirmed it was the original Xbox, the big gaudy black one. Very cool. Well, let's move on with our loopholes. 
This one says, I used to live in an apartment across the road from a casino whilst at university. They released an app where if you check in, you get points that go towards free food and drinks. Because I was close enough to the casino, I could check in without going to the casino itself. Every Saturday, I used to get a free burger, fries, and a drink and watch sports in the sports bar. They eventually scrapped the app. It was awesome considering I was a broke university student. Again, great job taking advantage of a uh, loophole that uh, just happened to exist. Absolutely. We have a good we have a good new loophole at work right now. Um, Do tell Panda Express Panda Express just built in our parking lot, <clears throat> which is great. I mean, if you like Panda, I know a lot of people don't, but I happen to like it. Um, for a quick Chinese, it ain't too bad on the cheap. Um, but they give uh, Costco employees discounts, so it was it's it's great. So now you can I can literally get two entrees and rice like a like my typical platter. It run me about uh, six to seven bucks versus oh, ten. So that's a killer deal. Saving some money. Yeah, and you don't have to eat the Costco food, which I know you are sick of. Yeah, I'm, I'm very tired of it, and I support the Costco food. I just don't personally eat it. And then when I lived or worked at the other Costco in Thornton, um, Chick Fil A hooked us up. Like if you ate there, you got an employee, um, you got a free soda with every uh, purchase or a free drink. So you would just go in and get your sandwich and if you had the app you usually had earned a free thing so i go eat at chick-fil-a on the cheap a lot back then too so nice chick-fil-a sounds so good right now but we digress it does <laughs> yeah i haven't had chick-fil-a in a while let's move on with our loopholes this one says my aunt and uncle were trash collectors both professionally and as a hobby okay that's a weird hobby my mom had pulled one of her epic screw-ups again and we ended up living with them most of our food came from the trash however Domino's had a reward system where the boxes had blue or red tabs depending on the size of the pizza Collect enough tabs, get free pizzas. Aunt and uncle collected thousands of those tabs. We ate pizza every weekend for months before the company caught on and they put an end to it. I was 11 at the time, but I remember hearing that their address was banned for life from delivery. I'm pretty sure Domino's also stopped the promotion shortly thereafter. It was awesome while it lasted. And uh, getting free pizza compared to eating trash, I would would certainly agree with that. (laughs) Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. (laughs) And then finally, with our loopholes. This one says, in high school, our PE grade was based on improvement. We took a skills test at the beginning and another at the end, and your grade was based on how much you had improved. So once I learned that, I always sucked at the first test and then did miraculously better at the second. So I had a massive improvement and thus a better grade. And of course, any time that you can find a loophole and game, you know, the grading system, you know what? Again, take advantage of it. There is nothing wrong with it as long as it's not illegal. Well, folks, that does it for the end of the first hour. When we come back, it is our interactive portion of the show. How should it have ended with your favorite TV series finale? Folks, don't go anywhere. We'll be back in about seven minutes. Enjoy the news. Take a potty break. Eat some Chick-fil-A. Whatever floats your boat. And we'll see you guys in just a little bit. I'm about to do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s.
Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Here goes the last DJ. Gentlemen, I wash my hands of this weirdness. second hour of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Tuesday, December 15th, where your daily dose of laughs and levity in a crazy, crazy world. Still joined by my co-host, Mr. Tony Sanfilippo. Tony, you well hydrated today? Get your smoothie. All good to go? Well hydrated today. Zip fizz, smoothie, tea. So if anyone out there wants to know when I'm drinking out of that coffee mug, it's not coffee. I actually don't do coffee. It is tea. (laughs) Today's tea is a lavender oh no that is lavender honey was yesterday today is a spiced vanilla chai Ooh. um it's all right you know to me it's just water with a little flavor is all it is <laughs> and does your tea bag have any clears mean- the throat does your tea bag have any meaningful yeah. saying on it today yeah today it just says love is the ultimate law of life all you need is love. That's all you need. <laughs> and of course, folks, if you see him drinking out of his water bottle, no, that is not a uh, pina colada. It is his zip fizz. And so in any it case, is. this is the interactive portion of the show where we want to hear from you guys, the listeners and watchers on whatever the subject of the day is. So what we do is we put the topic out uh, for the next day, which, of course, we'll cover here in the next segment for tomorrow's and ask that you call the Phoenix line at 855 Phoenix Radio. That's 855-F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O or 855-336-9, sorry, 4973. Um, Leave your message. How dare you? I know. How do I forget all of these numbers? Uh, Why? While you're there, you know, just leave a message, obviously, with whatever the suggestion, the story, whatever it may be. And you are entered into a chance to win some Phoenix fan gear with what we're calling our prize contest. We'll do a once a month drawing for a Phoenix Media hat, t-shirt, maybe a few other goodies as well. Today's subject is how should have it ended? And we're talking TV series finales. Of course, last week we talked about the worst TV series finales of all time. You know, TV series that we loved, that uh, we had grown up, you know, with these characters for many, many seasons. And then when it came to that final episode, it really just sort of let us down. And it got us thinking about, uh, you know, how should it have ended? What would you have done differently? Now, Tony, uh, I'm going to turn it over to you. And, uh, you know, I assume I know which one you're going to talk about. But uh, what series finale would you have changed and how? Well, I, I've i talked about it before. And, and you even put it in the spoiler. Um, would have been uh, Dexter. That obviously, for the way that one ended, I would have simply... <clears throat> had him right off into the storm with uh, Deb on that boat and just that's that like you never have to show him die you just see them go off into the storm and that was that and I think that would have been just a fine way to put it um, but I was thinking you know what I would have done is uh, actually I would have redone the ending to Lost I would have 
tried to tie everything together, but I would not focus my last season on Jacob and the smoke monster. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really care about the mythical crap. That probably could have just been an episode or two. I would have just got a resolution and actually um, clarified, you know, whether they were dead or not, not just had them all meet up in a church and be like, yep, we're in purgatory. Right. Um, <laughs> I would have done a lot more explaining of uh, where the hell they were. Um, the show did get wild. It was it was such a good show, and it got crazy. So for Lost, what I would have done is I would have shortened it. I wouldn't have gone six seasons. I would have just kept it maybe four, maybe five, and cut it off there, and i give you a definitive finish, you know. Um, <clears throat> I actually probably would have not put them in purgatory. I would have made all of that stuff relevant, and then in the end, you know, maybe you have, like, Jack – like when he dies, like how the show opens with his eye with the pupil and he's laying in there and the plane crashes, the, the plane's on fire and everybody's freaking out. I think I'd have had him like, you know, his eyes open and then he wake up and then he's like in heaven. And then all the people he encountered that were his friends on the island or they're waiting for him or something like that. Yeah. No, um, I, I like probably the- would have done that versus the way they ended it, it was just they, eh, yep, you're in purgatory. Yeah, it felt rushed. Uh, and, you know, maybe you do something like, uh, you know, Stephen King's The Langoliers, where, you know, they had somehow crossed over into a parallel universe and, uh, you know, are dealing with these things. And, of course, you know, everybody in the regular universe thinks that they're dead, which ultimately they were. But, you know, now they're trapped in this place, you know, doing it that way. For me, I think it would have been uh, you know more on the sitcom side. Of course, we talked about last week uh, that '70s show where you know they teased Eric Foreman, Topher Grace's character, coming back for this big sort of uh, you know reveal at the end, and ultimately you saw him for two seconds, three seconds, something like that, and yeah, it was really pissed me off. Yeah, it was really <laughs> disappointing. Uh, now, one show that we know is going to end here soon is uh, the Tim Allen show, Last Man Standing, and they. Uh-huh. They do a great job of, uh, you know, sort of bringing in characters not only from, you know, the the Last Man Standing universe, but Home Improvement and uh, sort of crossing those lines. If they want to do things really right, I think what they should do is find a way to integrate the old Mandy back in. You know, maybe she's not actually Mandy. Maybe they do a little tongue-in-cheek, you know, wink at the uh, camera for it. But, uh, you know, she was a great character that, unfortunately, when they first got canceled she went off to other projects and couldn't return back so uh that's how i would end last man standing but of course that's still to come and hey might come true so folks that is i mean they did it with roseanne with the beckys right they did the that's right nod nod. (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah they should definitely do that but that's what we're looking for we want you to comment now on our facebook page at facebook.com forward slash christian phoenix radio just click into the live video comment there with how your favorite tv series should have ended when we come back folks it is all about you so don't go anywhere we'll be right back Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. 
Now back to the show, indeed. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Tuesday, December 15th. Now, we are smack dab in the middle of the interactive portion of our show where we want you guys to chime in on our subject of the day, which is how would you have ended your favorite TV series? Now, you can do so by heading over to facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. That's Christian with a K, Phoenix with an F, radio, of course, with an R. Click into the live video and comment there. And, uh, you know, Tony, before the break, told us uh, how he would have ended Lost. Dexter, I talked about uh, that 70s show and Last Man Standing. But there are so many shows that people were just upset with the way that it ended. And, of course, they had ideas on how it would have been better. Um, Tony, on your end, has anybody chimed in as far as uh, what they would have changed? Yeah, Super fans, Lacey, um, she chimed in and said, of course, lost ending. the lost ending was horrible. Um, so was the ending of Breaking Back. Supernatural should have ended on the second to last episode. I can't really speak on Supernatural or Breaking Bad because I did not watch those shows um, all the way to the end. I've never seen Supernatural. I've heard great things about it. Never seen it. Yeah, me neither. Um, And it's funny because there are some shows where it feels like it should have ended, you know, obviously a couple episodes sooner or even a couple seasons sooner. Um, One show that comes to mind is The Good Place. You know, The Good Place, while it had a wonderful series finale. it's great. Yeah. The two episodes prior also felt like the series finale. So, you know, it was one of those things, oh, there's a whole nother episode. You watch that. Oh, there's a whole nother one. And then you finally get to the end. Uh, anybody else on your end, yeah. Tone? No, that was it on that. Um, you know, when we talk about shows that should have just ended, uh, things like The Office, that should have ended once, um, <clears throat> you know, Michael Scott left. So when Steve Carell decided he didn't want to do the show no more, they should not have kept that going. It was rough when they had all those cycling of uh, new bosses. It just, it was not good. Yeah, um, you had Ed Helms who came in there. And, and uh, you know, it's shows like that get a little long in the tooth. You know, we've talked, obviously, about Walking Dead. Um, and I've pulled up a list <laughs> of um, series that should have ended sooner not only in the way I like of that episodes, but in the we'll way ch- I'll chime in on that and I'll continue to tell you if anyone chimes in on my end. So, uh, yeah, perfect. So for instance, this list says that, uh, Mad Men, the series finale was se- season seven, but it should have been season five. The actual series finale of Mad Men was perfect, but the two seasons leading up to it were totally off the rails, yet somehow still kind of boring. Perhaps fitting for a, granted, very good show that's about eh, a bunch of white people in advertising. What was all the S with Bob Benson, that so goody two-shoes he was sinister brown noser? They got us all worked up about him in season six, then didn't even make him a serial killer or anything fun like that. Do we even remember Pete's affair? Megan's miscarriage? They pale in comparison to the sexy slow burn drama of the first five seasons. At the end of season five, Don Draper should have turned out to be D.B. Cooper. Peggy should have stuck with Abe and everyone else should have moved to a hippie commune or something along those lines. Uh, And I don't disagree. I watched uh, Mad Men pretty much through that season five until it got really boring <laughs> and then you're like no we're good yeah once you get once the attention's gone then you're like yeah see you later <laughs> um trying to think what show i've done that to where i i was all about it and the more i watched it, i was like nah, i'm good oh fear the walking dead yeah 
I just got yeah, I made it like the first two seasons and I'm like Okay, I'm good. I don't need it. I don't need to keep up. I don't know. I think they're on season six or seven now, but yeah, I've, I stopped after two. I'm like, nah, it's not for me. Yeah, yeah, not for me either. Yeah, and it's tough because it, the original series started out good. Fear the Walking Dead started out great, but you know, it's it's almost zombie overload, and and uh, it's the same. Yeah, <laughs> it's the same thing. All this, all you can hope for now is there's more and more crossovers with the crew that you know and love. It seems like they did, based on what I've read, they've done that with a few of the characters. Uh, Mike chimed in and he said, Seinfeld should have ended before its last episode instead of some weird look back montage crap episode <laughs> where they all end in jail. Yeah. No. I agree. That was a really crappy ending. What, or finale. It was terrible for such a long running show that uh, had, you know, I enjoyed Seinfeld. I thought it was great. But yeah, um, and when it they, should have ended a lot better than it did. When they try to tie in everything together in one episode, it, it sometimes just doesn't work. Now, uh, with series mm-hmm. that should have ended sooner as far as uh, season-wise, another one is Arrested Development, which uh, it found new life again on Netflix. Is it still going? Is it not going? Who knows? But it should have been season two. They said, I refuse to acknowledge season four and five of Arrested Development, and if we're honest, the majority of season three is dicey, too. The ableist plot involving Charlize Theron as a mentally, they say, quote-unquote, mentally retarded female is questionable for sure, as our adopted son, annoying Annie Young's low-key racist deportation and spying storylines. Arrested Development should have ended with its second season when the show was absolutely at its peak. I agree, and that's another show that uh, I watched the first couple seasons. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Not my favorite, but uh, I didn't... Not my favorite either. It was okay. I didn't watch the revival, so, uh, you know, I can't speak to seasons, you know, three, four, or five. Yeah, I watched uh, the first season, and I was just like, you know, it wasn't enough to grip me to want to go back and watch more. It was just, it was it was okay. You know, a couple, you know uh, I've said this before last week, um I think How I Met Your Mother should have ended after uh, on season seven, six or seven. I don't think they needed to go to nine seasons. Um, I feel like they kind of just kept stretching it. They did, so, yeah. They just wanted to keep that moneymaker going, but uh, ultimately the story ended up most, suffering. Ch- from most it. Chuck Lorre, well, that wasn't a Chuck Lorre, but most of his shows, they run really long too. You know, like Two and a Half Men should have ended with once Charlie left, they should have just killed off that show. Um, and, you know, while the Big Bang Theory was still pretty funny towards the end, I felt like that that probably could have ended a season sooner, too. Yeah, yeah. And it's still a great show and probably one of the better ones to run to the end, but at the same time... Yeah, it, it didn't get too stale, but it was starting to get a little bit, you know, like, what else can we really do with these cool characters, you know? Um because it was fun, but there's only so long that they could all like <laughs> go meet up in that tiny apartment and right. <laughs> eat the same, you know, eat and yeah, no, it was it was a great show though. I do love that show. Yeah, people grow, people move on. Uh, here's another one that uh, I don't necessarily agree with. They're saying Stranger Things, the series finale. Obviously, it's confirmed mm. for four seasons. 
which will end there. They've got a planned ending for the whole storyline. But this person says should have been season two. Again, I don't agree. Mm. But their reasoning, the third season of Stranger Things, Netflix's sci-fi darling raises the question of where and when gleeful pandering to our collective nostalgia starts to surpass the plot itself. And consequently, at what point should the Duffer brothers, the series creators, call the whole thing off in favor of a tighter ending? Will Byers isn't the same kid after he's made it out of the Upside Down at the end of season one and a follow-up season that finds the gang defeating the mind flayer again, closing the gate for good feels, organic, and warranted. But to reopen the same plot and literally reopen the same portal, even if you blame Russia this time, automatically lowers the narrative stakes of the show. Sure, it's fun to see the cast navigating the 80s, teenage lust, malls, geopolitical tensions, scrunchies, but you can only save Hawkins from a flesh-eating demon from another dimension so many times before your previous victories start to lose their emotional impact. Even if you kill, but very obviously not kill, a beloved character this time around, wrapping it up at season two is generous. Again, I don't necessarily agree. I think they've got an overall larger plan for the series that uh, we'll see it through to the very end. Yeah, but if this show just kept going like The Walking Dead, where there was a new season every year uh, with no end in sight, then yeah, I could see that. But they at least know what the ending is. So they're going to do their, you know, you get to season four. Now, there's no season five, right? It's just season four. Yeah, season four is their planned end point, which Netflix has been doing. You know, Netflix has been giving an end point to these shows so that they don't get long in the tooth. And I think that's a... uh, um, it's a good way to go. That's smart. That's why I'm stoked with a lot of these Marvel limited series. They're not going to be, it's not like you see the, you know, not that I wouldn't want to see WandaVision like go on more than a one. I mean, you're just going to get the one season and that's it. You know, some of these, that's okay. Cause it's just sets up the movies and stuff. They're there for a purpose. And that's, that's it. Exactly. Well, folks, that does it for this topic of uh, how it should have ended TV series. Maybe we'll revisit it with uh, movies or movie series as well. But tomorrow's call-in topic is the worst Christmas movies ever. Now, in Rank It last week, we went through the top Christmas movies of all time. But for every great Christmas movie, there are two or three terrible Ooh, ones. there's some bad ones. Just look at the Hallmark Channel, and uh, that, I'm sure, would be you know bottom of the barrel. But uh, what we want you guys to do is call in on the Phoenix line, 8 Phoenix Radio. Let us know your pick for the worst Christmas movie of all time. Folks, when we come back, we've got a reoccurring segment. Whatever happened to the cast of... Who? You've got to wait to find out. Come back after the break and you will know. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Tuesday, December 15th. Now we talk about it a couple times each show. It is the Phoenix Line, our 24-hour day, seven-day week voicemail line, giving you guys the opportunity to chime in on anything whatsoever, including our call-in topic for tomorrow, Worst Christmas Movies 
ever. And it's a voicemail. You don't even have to talk to a real live person. You know how it works. You just leave a message after the beep. That number, 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. That's 855-F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O. Or 855-336-4973 for the alphanumerically impaired. All we ask is that you keep it entertaining. We'll compile those together, put them out in a future show. Now, in this segment, wanted to do something that we've done a few times here in the past couple months. Whatever happened to the cast of, and in this case, the Mighty Ducks. Now, uh, Disney Plus just dropped a trailer for Mighty Ducks Game Changers, which obviously brings us back to the world of Mighty Ducks that saw, you know, obviously the original. I was like, Amelia! (laughs) I swear to God, the Mighty Duck Man! (laughs) You know who it was? The Mighty Duck. You know who I used to get compared to? Chris Kattan all the time. Seriously? People said, yeah, when I had no facial hair, uh, people, well, when he was famous, people were like, you look like Chris Kattan and, or Doug Butabi is what they always called me. <laughs> <laughs> I guess like, I'm glad they didn't call me Mango. So. There you go. But, uh, you know, Mighty Ducks, the first one was great. D2 was uh, another great one and then D three it started falling. I thought off you were gonna bit. crap on D two. I was like, no, don't you crap on D two? That was badass. No, D two had the knuckle puck. How do yeah, you? Yeah, uh... D three though. I agree with you. It had one memorable scene for me, and that was when Josh Jackson sat down on the bench with his little girl that he was trying to impress, and and he goes, "Oh, you like Pantera? They're like my favorite band." <laughs> so for a Disney movie to reference the band Pantera was. Uh, kind of caught me off guard as a as a teen nothing wrong. I, I did not like the third one very much no yeah. no and it'll be interesting to see you know how this uh reboot does but uh in any case we're looking at mighty ducks and whatever happened to the cast of the original including gordon bombay himself emilio estevez gordon bombay as the arrogant defense attorney played by emilio estevez who after a night of celebrity uh, celebratory drinking gets slapped with a dui and sentenced to community service coaching a peewee hockey team. The 80s Brat Pack alum went on to lead the Mighty Ducks sequels D2 and D3 and star in a few TV movies as well as The West Wing with, of course, his father Martin Sheen and Two and a Half Men with his brother Charlie Sheen. In 2006, he directed and starred in the feature film Bobby. He also carved out a niche as a television director. And in 2010, he played alongside his father again in The Way. His most recent project was the movie The Public starring Taylor Schilling, Jeffrey Wright, and Alec Baldwin, which came out in 2018. So he's been laying low, but uh, we are going to see him again in this upcoming uh, Mighty Ducks reboot. Who we're not going to see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, ch- baby. Yeah. Is- That's kind of a long story. Boy, that was a long one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who we're more than likely not going to see, uh, at least based on the previews, is Charlie Conway, of course, Joshua Jackson, Pacey. Charlie is the wholesome heart of the Mighty Ducks team. He refuses to cheat and at the beginning of the film stands up to Gordon, who slowly becomes more of a father figure to Charlie and gives him the confidence to take the championship winning shot. Joshua Jackson played Charlie 25 years ago and has had a robust career in TV and film since. Most notably, Jackson starred on TV as Pacey Witter in Dawson's Creek from 98 to 2003. Peter Bishop in Fringe, which is a fantastic show. I recommend people checking out. Great show. And Cole Lockhart on The Affair. Most recently, he appeared in Netflix's When They See Us and the upcoming Little Fires Everywhere. He also made his Broadway debut in 2017, leading the revival of Children of a Lesser God. And so uh, that's what Joshua Jackson's been up to. 
scared. You know, French had me thinking. We just talked about shows that uh, should have ended before they did. Uh, Fringe is a show that uh, should have gotten more. Like we didn't even get a finale; it just got canceled before it got ended. So, oh, and uh, there's plenty of we those shows. Do down the line shows that uh, didn't get life that you got into. Fringe was prime example. Exactly. Now let's move on with whatever happened to the cast of the Mighty Ducks. You have Fulton Reed played by Eldon Henson. Fulton Reed is a tough outsider who reluctantly joins the Mighty Ducks after slapshotting a puck through Gordon's van window. Henson went on to play smaller roles in She's All That, Castaway, and Dumb and Dumberer. He also played the mute character Pollux in the first two Hunger Games movies. Most recently, Henson starred as Foggy Nelson on the Marvel and Netflix Defenders and Daredevil with appearances on Jessica Jones his birthday. and He's Luke Charlie Cage. Cox is everywhere. Yep, yep. And, uh, you know, his best friend played by Eldon Henson. Foggy yeah, Nelson. Yeah, it was weird seeing him play like a bubbly Foggy when he was so used to him playing that dark outsider as the Mighty Duck. Kind of brooding. He was also, and... an, I, he was also in Idle Hands. He, he was. played a lot of a, like a Foggy character in Idle Hands. Yeah, he oh, was. All... Jessica Alba. Oh. He was always sort of the best friend, but never the main character. Yeah. All right, let's move on with whatever happened to the cast of the Mighty Ducks. Well, you have Greg Goldberg, who played Sean, uh, was played by Sean Weiss. Goldberg! <laughs> Food Wasn't lover me. and serial farter, Greg served as the Mighty Ducks goalie, but was terrified of being hit by pucks. With the help of Gordon and his team, he was able to overcome his fear and help get the Ducks to the championship. Sean Weiss, who portrayed Greg in the movie, also starred in the Disney movie Heavyweights and booked roles in the TV series Mr. Rhodes, The Tony Danza Show, and Freaks and Geeks. Since those 90s titles, he has mainly played small roles in B-comedies. Unfortunately, in August 2017, Weiss was arrested for alleged possession of methamphetamine, and in January 2020, he was arrested again for residential burglary and being under the influence of a controlled substance. Again, allegedly methamphetamine. And if you've seen any pictures of no, him he recently, looks rough, man. he looks sadly very, looks very rough. So uh, hopefully he makes a recovery, yeah. and maybe we'll even see him in the new series. Maybe. Is it yeah, a series or is it a movie? Maybe. It's just a series. I, or maybe it is a movie. I don't know. It doesn't say, right? It doesn't, no. To but... me, I think I think it's a movie because basically, for those who haven't watched the trailer, it essentially looks like the original Mighty Ducks. It's the same story. The only, the only difference this time is the Mighty Ducks are the bad team. Right. right? They're the bad guys. Like, now the Mighty Ducks are the two. They are all about having the elite. And now these like outs outcasts can't make that team. So it's basically the mighty ducks are the heels and, <laughs> and the outsiders got to find Bombay. So it'll be Bombay versus the old ducks. I, <laughs> that That's what I took out of the trailer. Well, and Disney plus knows how to reboot a movie or a series by doing essentially exactly the same thing and passing it off yeah. as brand new. So I yeah. think it's just a movie. Cause I can't see Emilio doing a TV show. I, I yeah, just can't see I don't Mr. Know. Former Paul Abdul doing that. Yeah, he doesn't seem to be too busy, so you never know. Well, let's move on yeah, with that's true. whatever happened in the cast yeah. of the Mighty Ducks. Uh, Connie Moreau, who was played by uh, actress Marguerite Moreau. Interesting, same last name. Connie, or as her teams refer to her, the Velvet Hammer, is the Mighty Ducks' only female player, and she's proud of it. Marguerite Moreau, who shares the last name with her character, played the kind, of, played the kind but tough hockey player. 
Besides starring in D2 and D3, Moreau did stints on 90s series Boy Meets World, Blossom, and Amazing Grace. She hit it big when she starred in the cult classic Wet Hot American Summer in 2001. She has enjoyed regular movie work as well as recurring roles on Life as We Know It, The O.C., Parenthood, American Crime Story, Grey's Anatomy, and Shameless. Moreau, uh, Moreau also recently starred in two WHAS follow-ups, uh, Wet Hot American Summer, First Day of Camp, and 10 Years Later, her most recent That's role. That's why she looks so familiar, and I didn't... I didn't put that together when I watched it. I go, God, that girl looks familiar. Yeah. There you go. Most recent role was on CBS All Access's Tell Me a Story and Netflix's Paddleton. So uh, those are places you can check her out. But, uh, you know, let's move on with some of the... That was uh, Crazy Shoes and Tell Me a Story. That was a great show, too. I like that one. I've never seen it. I'll have to check it out. <laughs> it wasn't bad. <laughs> Let's move on. Whatever happened to the cast of The Mighty Ducks, you have Jesse Hall, played by Brandon Quinton Adams. Brandon Quinton Adams played Jesse, the duck's sarcastic forward, who is skeptical of everyone, especially Gordon. Adams went on to star in The Sandlot in 1993 and landed guest spots on The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Sister Sister, and Moesha. Since then, his acting credits have been sparse, save for voiceover work in the video game series Kingdom Hearts. Interesting. I didn't know that he had done voiceover mm. work. Didn't know either. Here's another one that I didn't put two and two together until uh, going through this. <sighs> Whatever happened to the cast of Mighty Ducks? Well, Terry Hall was played by Jussie Smollett. Of course, that name obviously rings a bell. Jussie Smollett portrayed Jesse's little brother, Terry, who also played for the Ducks. Smollett is best recognized for his role as Jamal Lyon in the hit Fox drama Empire. After the Mighty Ducks, he starred in the 90s NBC sitcom On Our Own. He booked guest roles on The, Mighty, uh, the Mindy Project, Underground and Revenge before landing Empire and two big movie roles, Langston Hughes in Marshall and Ricks in Alien Covenant. However, in January 2019, Smollett became embroiled in controversy since what initially appeared to be a racial and homophobic attack against him came under question, resulting in his eventual arrest. The charges have subsequently been dropped, but he still faces a lawsuit from the city of Chicago where Empire films. And so, yeah. Is he, that the one where he said he got beat up, like somebody kicked his ass, but then he was lying about it or something? Yeah, it turns out it looks like uh, he paid two guys to uh, oh, do it. And, uh, I, didn't know, I didn't know he was a mighty duck. Lame. I didn't either. Yeah. Lame. And then finally, in whatever happened to the cast of Mighty Ducks, Les Averman, played by Matt Doherty. When the resident goofball of the Ducks wasn't getting knocked down on the ice by bigger players, he was playing pranks. Matt Doherty played the trickster in 1992 and soon starred in So I Married an Axe Murder opposite Mike Myers. Since 2000, he has regularly booked stints on shows like ER, Felicity, CSI Miami, Grey's Anatomy, and Rosewood. And he was the little nerdy kid with the big old glasses and uh, Crazy. Pretty, pretty much looks exactly what? the same. I was going to say, Benny the Jet, you said one of them went on to be the Sandlot. Uh, Benny the Jet Rodriguez, I think it was Mike Vitar, is that his name? Mike Vitar? No, Brandon Quinton um, Adams. He was, well, there was also one, though, like he played Benny the Jet in uh, Sandlot. Like oh, he was in gotcha. Ducks, Mighty Ducks, too. Like, he wasn't in the first Mighty Ducks, but he was in the second Mighty Ducks. Gotcha. That's why he's not on this list. This just runs down the first one. They, oh, it was just the first one. Gotcha, gotcha. Exactly. Well, folks, that does it for whatever happened to the cast of, in this case, the Mighty Ducks. When we come back, we're headed yep. into the final segment of the show. It's time for This Day in History. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we did it, folks. We made it to the end of this episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show on a Tuesday, December 15th, but not before we take you through this day in history. Now, if you missed a portion of the show or you want to go back and catch up on any of the previous shows, it is easy enough to do so. Head over to phoenixmedia.us, click on the show's link, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. From there, you can get uh, video, you can get audio as well, or head over to wherever you get podcasts, whether it's Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor, Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, Doozer, Dozer, Geezer, Gozer. Are you a god? Oh, God! No, God, please, no! 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 I was a little premature on that one. Yeah, yeah. Steve Carell is adamantly not a god. I was like, no! No, I'm not a god! No! In any case, while you you are there, be sure to subscribe. That way you always have the latest episode. Leave a review. Let us know what you think. And tell your friends. Because why, Tony? (laughs) Sharing is caring. (laughs) Even if it's premature. Well, folks, uh, it is the final segment of the show. As we do each and every day, we'll drop a little knowledge. Hopefully make you laugh at the same time. It is time for This Day in History. Passing the globe for the stories that turn the world on its head. It's This Day in History. Christian Phoenix. Thanks, Siri. All right, let's kick off with this day in 1488. Bartolomeu Dias returns to Portugal after becoming the first known European to sail around the Cape of Good Hope, which, of course, is the very bottom tip of uh, South Africa. Luckily, nobody was eaten by great white sharks, as far as we know. So, <laughs> Right. Well, I hope, it, I hope they love the rains down in Africa, Yeah, especially Thank- Bart. You know, because, you know, that he was the uh, he was the he was the inspiration for Bart Simpson, you know, uh, totally, Excellent. totally. <laughs> this day in 1791, the U.S. Bill of Rights is ratified when Virginia gives its approval, becoming amendments one through ten of the U.S. Constitution. And uh, obviously everything that we know from uh, the freedom of speech to the freedom or to the right to bear arms and all of those rights between three and ten as well which uh many of which i uh, you know thou shall not kill no that's one of the ten commandments anyway there is yeah good news everyone that's just good stuff right there all right let's move on this- nowadays is you don't really get to uh, ex- express some of that nowadays so yeah you know that that we'll save that for a, another type of show here we like to you know be a little bit on the lighter side of things. For instance, this day in 1840, Napoleon Bonaparte receives a French state funeral in Paris 19 years after his death. Of course, he couldn't celebrate, but of all of his people who could celebrate, they of course went to the Piggly Wiggly or went to Farrell's and got a Piggly Wiggly trough. Excellent! <laughs> As you do. Of course, this time of year, we're getting into the playoffs for football. We love the NFL. Well, this day in 1935, Mm -hmm. the National Football League Championship at the University of Detroit Stadium, where the Detroit Lions beat the New York Giants 26-7. Lions, uh, first title. (laughs) Um, Again, we're not going to see either of those teams this year. (laughs) Sorry if you're a Detroit Lions fan. Why? Right. Why? <laughs> could be worse. I, mean, I digress. You could be a Browns fan. 
No, dude, the Browns are actually better than the Lions. Dude, the Browns. Did you watch that Monday night game last night? The Browns put on a showcase, man. They went toe-to-toe with the Ravens last night. That was a great game. But ultimately did not win. You know, they did lose, and I lost uh, my uncle's fantasy football. Thanks, Lamar Jackson, for coming out like Superman in the last two minutes. I was winning by two points. So you came out through that touchdown and killed my dreams. <laughs> oh, wow. But, you know, it is it is sad. Yeah, the Browns are have been a real sad team. But, God, you yeah. think about the Lions – so if they won the NFL championship, they've never won a Super Bowl, though. Nope. And then uh, I think the Jets are the new Lions now. It's uh, oof, pretty pathetic. But we oh, could yeah. talk football rough. all but day there's, long. There's, there is some positive maybe coming out of that. So yep. a little sunshine, maybe. Frankly, I don't give a damn. Now, speaking of which, <laughs> this day in 1939, Gone with the Wind, a drama film directed by Victor Fleming and starring Clark Gable and Vivian Lee, premieres in Atlanta, wins Best Picture in 1940, inflation not adjusted, highest grossing film of all time. Um, yeah, yeah, movie's offensive. <laughs> How dare I even bring it up, right? <laughs> yeah, don't talk about it. It needs to be edited, please. It offends me. No, just <sighs> kidding. Classic, man. Classic. Yeah, yeah. And a long movie, especially for that time. Oh, yeah. All right, let's move on this day in 1955. Folsom Prison Blues, single released by Johnny Cash, The Man in Black, Billboard Song of the Year in 1968. And Volbeat would later go on and kind of rip it off. A little bit. Yeah, There's but... a little sad march. Oh. <laughs> no, what they did was more of a homage, like more so than that. Exactly. I remember that. When I heard uh, Folsom, when someone was singing on American Idol, I was like, hey, this is Volbeat, man. And then later, like, no, Volbeat, like, borrowed that. Oh, yeah, gotcha. not so much. All right, let's move on. This day in 1973, the Pirates of the Caribbean ride opens at Disneyland. Um, you know, not a, a thrilling ride, but it's still fun. And, of course, you know, they integrated the, you know, Gore Verbinski, uh, you know, Disney movies into it uh, in more recent years, which, you know, give it that uh, extra bit of, uh, of fun. What I like, too, is they're, they're slightly different from Disneyland to Disney World. They're uh, a little bit different, so yeah. that's always cool. <laughs> I personally love the ride. I I like it. I always enjoy being on it. Yeah, yeah. And it's you know, it's, you never get soaked like Splash Mountain, but you get a little wet. Oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah, Splash Mountain. Yeah, I don't like being all soaked, but you know what? I would take a soak if it was if it meant going back to one of them. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe I know you can do Disney World, but Disneyland, jeez, I cannot believe that's still not up and running. I know, I know. Hopefully uh, sooner rather than later. But uh, let's move on this day, 1979. Chris Haney and Scott Abbott developed the board game Trivial Pursuit. Obviously one of the oh, uh, cool. biggest board games to come out and still a lot of fun. And there's so many different versions of it too now. Great game. Great game! <laughs> This day in 1988, Lori Davis of Long Island sues Iron Mike Tyson for grabbing her butt. That's what it was me. It was the pigeon. That <laughs> it, detective pigeon. It was the one-armed man. It was it was it wasn't me. That was uh, Roy Jones Jr. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had a spinal injury. Spinal? 
<laughs> you know who never had a spinal injury? Luckily, this day in 1997, San Francisco 49ers retired Joe Montana's number 16, probably one of the greatest football dynasties of all time. Absolutely. One of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Um, there was just Joe Cool, man. I It was a bummer he had to end his career in Kansas City, but hey, he sparked them for a few years as well. And, you know, um, did great things for San Francisco. So happy to see that he got his number retired. Oh, totally. This- Wait, old Joe. Same day, 1997, Spice World, the movie directed by Bob Spears and starring the girl group, the Spice Girls, premieres in the UK. I know that's one of your favorites of all time, right, Tom? Oh, yeah, absolutely love that movie. What a piece of crap movie that was. Uh, We used to, my friend Amanda, when we worked at Video Maniac, she would loop it. Because you could watch your PG or you know, like PG movies up to like 5 p.m. And then you could watch PG-13 after that. Ah, Spice World and Space Jam. Lots of that on loop. Ooh, I am so sorry. Moving on this day in 2002, the 68th Heisman Trophy Award is given to Carson Palmer of USC, who I've had the uh, honor of meeting, obviously worked in the automotive business, uh, sold him a car. But, uh, you know, great football mind, did great for the Cincinnati Bengals for a long time. Dumb as a box of rocks in real life. Just going to put it out there. Oh, no. Oh, man. You've encountered. I'd love to hear some of your car people that you've encountered. I know if that's the first one I've heard. That's the first time I've heard of that one. I know your Ray Liotta stuff. Yeah. Got stories for days from there. But finally, in 2011, this day, Barry Bonds is sentenced to 30 days of house arrest, two years of probation, and 250 hours of community service for an obstruction of justice conviction stemming from a grand jury appearance in 2003, which I assume had to do with his whole steroid uh, debacle. Yeah. You know, it would probably just been easy if he just admitted it. Like, you could have just played it as uh, you didn't, you know, it wasn't banned at the time. So, yeah, I did it. But because obviously we know him and McGuire, they got bulky, super bulky, and they were cr- they crushed the balls even before then. But Without it just doubt. enhanced it, I guess. But exactly yeah, it made baseball fun. <laughs> and finally, we'll close out the day, not without a few holidays. In honor of Tony's rendition. Well, today is National Bill of Rights Day for obvious reasons. Today is Cat Herders Day, which uh, I guess could also be known as National Managers Day. Um, It is International Tea Day. It is National... Oh, I had my tea, too. You did. It is National Cupcake Day, which uh, that sounds delicious. And uh, take this as you will. It is National Pearl Necklace Day. So... uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> folks that doesn't it's a, it's a real necklace thing yeah that does it yeah. for today's episode enjoy your tuesday we'll see you back tomorrow on a wednesday with words are hard have a wonderful day everyone bye bye